Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about the music so far in 2021. Yes, so we haven't done a music episode in a minute. Not since we did the best of the year for 2020. And we were doing this quarantine music series last year. This is going to be a continuation of that since this stretches back all the way to early January when we still were in quarantine we pretty much are out of it now but whatever it's still part of it and there were a few projects last year that we didn't talk about because the last quarantine music one we did was in like october so there were some like benet's album jack harlow cuddy some of the deluxe album versions etc but some we also touched on in that best of the year episode like Kelly's project and stuff but basically we're just going to be taking it from the start of 2021 until now we're recording this on June 21st so right before some other new music is about to drop like Tyler is dropping later this week but we're getting this in before then because we're going to need some time to digest the rest of that anyway yeah so Like you said, this is pretty much just music that's come out from January till now. And gotta say, not very many big hitters. Well, that's part of it too. There haven't been a ton of releases because I feel like, in my opinion, and I don't think this is even crazy to say, but a lot of artists are holding back on releasing music before they can go on tour and stuff so that, you know, hot off the music, they can then be doing shows. Yeah, that's true. Let's not spoil it too much and just dive into the albums. And as usual, we're splitting this up into a few different buckets. So we got one as pop slash dance, another as hip hop, another as R&B, and then a final one as indie rock slash alternative. We're going to start off first with the biggest, I guess, which is pop and Justin Bieber and his album justice yeah justin bieber i liked it uh, i wasn't expecting it the obvious single that stood out was peaches i believe i mean Giveon, come on i mean one of my favorite artists i believe probably one of yours at the moment too with Giveon. daniel caesar used to possibly be one of my favorite <laughs> artists back in the day but but yeah i, I like the album it was simple it was justin fun you could dance peaches is probably gonna be one of my most played singles yeah i'm gonna give this album a light pro just because it's justin like i don't know that i'll be listening to the whole album but i'll take like one or two tracks and kind of keep it on rotation i do agree that peaches is for sure the best and standout track from the album and i mean i would hope that the Giveon mix in there wouldn't disappoint but other tracks that were collabs like the Dominic Fike track and the Kid Lori track, both were duds, in my opinion. Otherwise, for the rest of the album, I mean, first of all, we can't ignore that he called this album Justice and then put an MLK interlude and another MLK quote to start off the album, too, and got just ridiculed for it on Twitter. I mean, all I gotta say is he didn't choose to be black being black shows him 
But yeah, otherwise from the album, I thought his last project was decent, but this one just didn't connect. So I'm going to have to do a solid con here. Next up, we also have a name we've heard many times before. Made a episode for her alone, and that is Lana Del Rey with Chemtrails Over the Country Club. So in that episode, that was right after her last album, Norman fucking Rockwell came out. I still feel like that album so far is her pinnacle. It's her best project by far. Holds up really well. This project, not even in comparison, but just in general, kind of a letdown. I don't feel like it's bad, but it feels like a lot of familiar sounds and kind of flows for her that I don't necessarily hate to have them, but there are a couple pockets where she goes experimental, like the opener track, White Dress, is definitely my favorite, and it's really different for her. And then like the end of Dance Till We Die, I also really like a lot. It's a bit more experimental. So at the end of the day, I'll take a project from her anytime, but not her best in my opinion. So light pro probably. Yeah, I can agree with you the entire way right there. Lana's going to give you like two or three solid things. You know, she's a two to three tool player. It's her voice. She's like a mood and she's going to give you a theme or a topic, you know. But it is a sound we know. It's also, like, I'm still listening to Norman fucking Rockwell. However, I'm going to add it. It's Lana. It's in my library when it pops up. Like, Lana's the mood, so I can't hate on it. I, I'd go with, like, a very light pro. Next up, we got S.G. Lewis with the album Times. And he's someone who I'd known about just through his collabs and stuff before. He's like a UK artist. He did a song with Claro and some other ones. But I hadn't listened to his own kind of solo projects too much. I think he had like an EP I tried out or something. But when this album dropped, I was definitely on it and excited to listen to it regardless. Not only did it not disappoint, like I didn't really have expectations, but I feel like it went way above those even. Like this is a really great, dance uk record yeah i'd go with like a solid to even heavy pro possibly completely agree sg lewis killed it i know him mostly just from like featured work and stuff like that like i've been seeing his name for years now and i mean yeah this album did not disappoint it's one of those where you could pop from track one to the last and fully enjoy it super cohesive like flows very well a lot of times with these dance albums like the sounds could vary drastically but it felt like one project, which I really respect. And yeah, I'll go with a solid pro on this one. Last but not least, in pop, we got to talk about someone that I think took the stand. First place gold medal when it comes to pop so far in this year. We're talking about Olivia Rodrigo with Sour. See, I wasn't sure what you would think about this project. We haven't talked about it at all, but I'll let you go first and then I'll come in after. Yeah, I mean, like, we started this episode with the genre of pop. We straight up went with Justin Bieber, like, oh, this the name. Nah, Olivia's here, bro. Taking the world by storm. And it's insane. Uh, obviously, if you don't know, there's the driver license girl. Like, that shit was a whole thing for, like, a whole week or two when it came out as a single. I mean, even more than that, too. It was just, it's like this year's version of, like, The Box or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, Or, like, exactly. Old Town like Road. It's, 
Exactly. No, yeah. Probably even better. We live in an age or an era where, like, even Drake, like, you have a week tops when it comes to, like, your music and people enjoying it and talking about it. But Olivia fucking somehow, with the help of TikTok and shit, I guess, took that through, like, yeah, months, to say the least. I don't even know. It's still going on. Driver's License was, like, a crazy single she dropped. It's about her heartbreak and all that. But it was, like, a craze. And I was like, fuck, like, I have to listen to this, like what is the hype why do i keep seeing this on twitter from like fucking grown adults like it doesn't matter and i heard it and i'm like all right there's something here the voice is good the theme is crazy i mean video is cool there's like actual drama like real life drama within it and then like the album comes out and low-key i pushed it off until i had to listen to it for this episode because i'm the type that like when there's too much hype and I already heard the song, like, how good can it be? You know what I mean? And then I heard it, and I'm like, fuck. Again, shit's actually something here. So, yeah, I just had to, like, throw it out there. Me, like a grown male adult, respects this art right here. Um, the theme, like, the whole coming-of-age, 17, 18-year-old love. Which he actually is that age, too. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times you see it in movies or hear it in songs, but Taylor Swift, right? It just didn't feel real, even though like her heartbreaks and all that shit could be real. It's like a fairy tale thing. Yeah, it, it almost seems made up or like Universal Studios like has writers doing this shit for her. Nah, Olivia's out here on a journal, bro, like writing lyrics. Even if she's not writing her lyrics, that's how it feels. The lyricism, I <laughs> I might be overhyping it. It's to me probably just as impressive. <laughs> it's going to be hard to say, but it's as impressive as like Kendrick Lamar in a way. <laughs> We're like, yo, the lyrics are crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> insane. And it just flows so well. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. But straight fire, especially for someone her age to be doing shit like this. Because it doesn't sound corny. Like, it is corny, but, like, it works. It's hard to explain. And, I mean, her voice, I feel like many people try to sing, right? But again, like Taylor Swift, like, you don't it's pop whatever like you don't hear any real emotion but with olivia bro you hear the emotion i feel like there was a few points where i thought she was gonna start crying mid-song and i don't know like it's, it's just like a mix of things that surprised me kind of exaggerating a little bit but just wanted to get my point across that don't judge a book by its cover or whatever i'm gonna go with a solid pro on this one all right first off i just gotta address the last thing <laughs> i expected this episode was a kendrick lamar <laughs> comparison to olivia rodrigo's lyrics but yo i can't wait for that collab bro <laughs> but yeah i guess i'll just add for some context for people who don't know she's like a disney star too and kind of being positioned now as the next taylor swift in a way and this album like crushed it with sales i think it sold like four hundred thousand first week or something and Basically, she's become like a pop star in 2021 alone from January till now. But when I first heard Driver's License, to me, it feels like a ripoff song from Gracie Abrams, who we've talked about on this episode before. And I didn't think it was bad, but I was like, oh, feels like a Gracie song that has more appeal because of her background and stuff. And she even said literally she was inspired by Gracie when writing it but I think it's still a decent track for sure 
I do think Deja Vu, which was like the second single after, is way better, or at least I like it a lot more. And even the third single, Good For You, like the hook of that is great too. And in terms of the album itself, the first track, Brutal, I heard that and I had to like run it back. I was like, damn, this goes hard. And then the rest of it was kind of like, I don't know, in between of whatever. I already talked about the singles. The rest of it is kind of meh, like happier is good, but overall it's not something I'm like bumping a lot. But again, to kind of circle back and close it out, she's like just graduating high school right now. She's super talented for her age, so I do think she will be the new kind of Taylor Swift to come. And she already has the popularity to take it. So I'd give the album like a neutral, maybe, just because it does have good stuff. But I feel like there's a lot of kind of filler, too. But I would pro her as like someone to keep rising up and pop. Let's transition into the next bucket, which is hip hop. And let's start it off with the biggest name of this bunch, J. Cole, with the album The Off Season. I'll say up front, not the biggest J. Cole fan. I've liked a lot of his tracks, older stuff, but never really like got into his albums. Wouldn't be able to name more than five songs from him. But this thing changed it right here. Uh, this album. Again, you know, when my bar is kind of low, even though he is like one of the best rappers, top three right now, he wasn't for me. My expectations were low because I'm not the biggest fan. So off the bat, that's like a major plus. I mean, when you start off an album with Killer Camp, Dipset in the building, you can't miss. Sets a tone. Yeah, it was, the energy was something else that I don't know that I got from J. Cole before. Didn't miss at all. Like to me, it's an album that for a rapper that I wasn't a fan of, don't have to skip any track, really. A bunch of bops, like the features, 21 Savage. So it's like how he used this album and the features within the album to kind of help just push it through, even though he doesn't need the help because he's that good. Um, but I just think everything flowed really well. The sounds were amazing. And for that, I go with another solid pro. I'm pretty much the opposite view on this project where I was a fan of J. Cole in the past mainly with the early mixtape days from the come up the warm up Friday Night Lights etc and that was like the period where I was really into him and not to be one of those people like oh you know once he got big like he wasn't the same anymore like he still makes good music but I just haven't really been a fan of a whole project honestly since his first major label debut just none of them have done it for me and this is probably the biggest con of them all i get what he was trying to do technically and i can get why that's impressive but just like sonically and his flows just don't work for me and yeah like the cameron intro is cool little john at the end of the song too but I'm going to have to go with a solid con for this album. Just, you have no skips, I have no plays, so. Wow. Next up, we have Brockhampton with Roadrunner. Yeah, we've talked about Brockhampton on the show a bunch now at this point. Been following them since even the ASF days for people who know. But 
this project. There are a few tracks I really like. The Charlie Wilson track, I'll Take You On. Amazing. Probably one of my favorite songs of the year so far. The first single they put out, Buzz Cut with Danny Brown, Super Hard. One Eye Ball is like really nostalgic, kind of Kanye late registration vibes. But overall, I feel like there's not a lot I've kind of gravitated to on this project like I have with others. And maybe it'll be one that grows on me more over time, but I might have to go with like a neutral for now. I've said this before on our music episodes, but with Saturation, Brockhampton pretty much burned me out. It's like they gave me everything I needed to hear from them in the matter of two to three months or whatever it was. To where like, almost in a similar way to Lana, it's like, I'm gonna add the album. They have a certain feel to them. I like them, but... I don't think anything stood out other than Buzz Cut and I'll Take You On, which you also mentioned. Uh, Those are like obvious standouts. Eh, I don't know. Neutral? Light con, maybe? Next up, we have Slow Tie with the album Tyrone. A bunch of dope tracks. To me, I just have like difficulty listening to rap with a UK accent. I can't take it serious. I I just can't. However, I fully respect it. Like, I'm not talking trash on it. It's literally one of those things where, like, I I can't take it serious. Like, the only rapper from out there that I would do is my boy, Loyal Corner. But with all, I don't want to hate on it. Like, it's just not for me. I'd go neutral. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. And I think it's a valid, not even critique, but just, like, preference. Because you can't help but how you perceive certain things like that, especially with music. I would say, for me, I don't listen to, like, tons of UK rap. Of course, shout out to Loyal and Skepta's good when he's at his best and all that. And Slow Tie was someone who I'd known about for a while, but I couldn't get into his stuff before. That being said, I did try out this album when it dropped, and I was actually surprised how much I liked it, where I just felt like the kind of first half, it's like a dual project. The first half is more hard, energetic type beats and songs whereas the second half is more kind of moody introspective emotional and it's almost a cliche thing to do and not a lot of people could pull it off but I think he does and I think part of it is because he has this very kind of out of control crazy guy persona like he could play the Joker in a UK version of Batman type thing but then you see that kind of other side of him, and I think it works in that way. And I really like both sides of the project, actually. have played it overall a lot more than I thought I would. So I'm going to give it like a solid pro. Next up, we have Audrey Nuna with A Liquid Breakfast. So she was someone who I'd seen like some of her music videos for the singles. They were dope. And so when I saw she was finally dropping a project, I checked it out. I think she is really talented at just whatever kind of style she puts on, where she tries out different things, and I think she can pull any of them off. I think sometimes the influences, in my opinion, are maybe a little too heavy. Like, it almost felt too much like a tear whack type flow at certain points and stuff like that. I think the project is good overall. It has a lot of nice moments. I would like to see her kind of hone in on whatever her style is a little bit more. 
but she's also like just starting out so i would give it like a light pro probably even when you see her you see the influence it's like a tiara wag she's like the the wacky type crazy high fashion type rapper which is cool i mean we're fans of like tyler and something which is kind of like another version of that but in his own way when it comes to this album yeah i don't know i feel kind of in between i guess because there is some good um i mean she's very very talented just like her flow and how she can literally rap like she's a good rapper but i feel like yeah she needs to find her ground instead of trying to just make catchy music there's for sure like room to grow and for sure looking forward to like whatever the next project is i'd go with like a very light pro and then finally to close out the hip-hop category unfortunately we got another post however you say that word last year we did pop smoke juice world now we're doing dmx with his exodus album and we didn't have a chance to bring it up on the show yet after he passed but obviously that was shitty blow for the hip-hop community the bronx is right under yonkers so there's that connection for us as well I feel like he was one of those artists that in the LimeWire days when I was soaking up kind of knowledge of ongoing and recent hip-hop history and everything, I remember downloading a bunch of his songs, and he has just like so many different types of styles too, and types of songs, like, and we don't have to go down a whole rabbit hole, but just to kind of set the stage, you could talk about that too. But then in terms of this album, I'll just say real quick, this was released after his death, and I wanted to like it more than I did. The intro with the locks is cool, and I really like the collab with Snoop Dogg as well. That's probably my favorite song on it. But overall, I wasn't really a huge fan of the rest, and some, even the recordings, seemed off like that might be because they couldn't finish it around his death and stuff like that but it's hard to con a project like this but i probably would have to go with a light con for this particular album but dmx as an artist of course like a definitely big pro for his role in hip-hop dmx is someone that like if you tell me to name 10 rappers off the top I'd probably throw DMX somewhere in there, even though I don't really listen to DMX. That's how strong, like, his presence is. Even before his death, like, you'll still hear DMX's name getting thrown out there, like, all the time. I mean, we listen to, like, Deces and Marrow and shit like that, and they're a little bit of older heads. <laughs> they, like, joke around about that, but they'll still bring up, like, DMX's name and all that just because, like, he was such a powerhouse when he was on top. I've never been the biggest fan of his music. Like, you play him and shit, and I'll play along, I'll dance to it, but I don't really enjoy it. And I think it's something similar to uh, we've talked about before in other episodes with, like, King Cruel, where I'm not a big fan of either. I have, like, this thing with voices and how things sound. Like, Cruel is, you know, very raspy, DMX, very aggressive and hard. So those are examples where... They're very polarizing either way. Right, exactly. Well said. Very particular sound. You know X straight, like one word out of his mouth, and you're like, oh, DMX, there he is. 
everyone knows his bark like this dude's gonna yell shout like it's part of his energy he has like an energy to him and all that shit i respect you throw his songs on a party and that shit is about to get crazy again it, it was hard for me to enjoy this album i gave it like one listen through it's not for me however i respect the efforts yeah i mean i hope that like people that this album was made for you know the the classic fans the the old heads the deces and marrows enjoyed it because i feel like that was the crowd that this album was intended for it'd be hard for me to grade it i'd probably go towards the con side but for sure like dmx easy pro uh, legend now let's move on to r&b my favorite not the longest list but let's start off with mm-mm-mm. georgia smith with be right back yeah this is an ep that is basically i don't know if lucy's is 100 percent the right word but an assortment of tracks before her next bigger album bigger project like we said artists are waiting to release those types of things for now but she wanted to give people something to listen to in the meantime and i think it actually feels a lot like a very consistent group of songs they work well together there's like a musical theme to them in the mood and everything and the style and i think this project is like a slow burn like these songs kind of grow into you over time they're not just you know pop bangers or anything not that that's what she always makes or anything but she has some more single driven songs and these are more low-key more moody little darker and i don't know if that's exactly my favorite stuff from her but at the same time i don't think there are any bad songs here there's some that have really grown on me more like burn is probably my favorite it feels like kind of a late night project but overall i'd probably give it like a light pro for now and maybe there's room for it to become like a solid even but probably more towards light georgia for sure made a very consistent ep right here to say the least i do agree that everything kind of sounds yeah cohesive like it's part of one project and nothing really to hate on and i think that might be like one of my biggest gripes with georgia so far and it's like yo make an album with absolute bangers even if it's an ep just give me some shit with i don't know more more life to it yeah like something well like on my mind is my favorite song exactly give me six songs with like that energy doesn't have to sound the same but with that little bit more upbeat and that's like the thing like i know she can kill the moodier stuff yeah she has that whatever that amy winehouse kind of right and i just almost don't want georgia to fall into the same box or corner herself kind of how i feel lana is doing at this point I do think we have to wait until her next album, which will be her sophomore project, to really see. Because I feel like she will switch it up on that more. Trust me, I like, completely hope so. And I agree. I think we will see something a little different. However, I do agree there are good tracks here. My favorite is probably Weekend. I love the is, lyrics uh, of the hook of that, too. Yeah, the hook's fucking beautiful. It's a little bit more beat, even though it's still moody, but... It has like drums to it and it's georgia aka my baby so i gotta go with <laughs> light to solid pro next up we got joyce rice with her 
debut album, Overgrown. This album was surprisingly pretty damn good. I remember you sending it over to me or telling me to like give it a shot when it first came out. And I didn't know what to think at first. Even from the covers, like, yo, this feels kind of like early 2000s. Just like R&B, which is not a bad thing, but it's like, I let's see and pop it on. And Joyce killed it. Got the voice. Instrumentals are great. Features are great. I really like the track. I mean, I'm a fan of Lucky Days right now, so got a feature in there. I think there's one with Masego. That's pretty fire. Um, but even now, like, I wouldn't say that I keep listening to the album, but I have, like, a playlist with a bunch of R&B stuff. And every time, like, one of her song pops on, I'm like, oh, damn. You know, like, when you hear a song again and you're like, all right, I'm gonna have to keep listening to that one. And that happened, like, three times with her music, which is always, like, a good feeling. Like you said, it is her debut, so this is one where I'm kind of like excited to hear what's coming up next. This is an easy one to go with the Solid Pro. Yeah, she's actually someone that I've known about for a long time just because she was kind of friendly with a bunch of people I followed on Twitter back in the very early days. This is like early 2010s, like she was friends with Phil Anand and bunch of those type people and we started following each other way back when and i hate how subtle your flexes have become <laughs> but i go thought i was gonna let that go <laughs> and she would pop on different people's songs as features like dom kennedy she worked with and some other la artists but i was always waiting or hoping for her to drop like a full album of herself and she put out music here and there but this is her first you know full big actual album it was only like eps and stuff like that before and obviously i was going to be somewhat biased going into it but when i heard it it felt like something where i could easily recommend this to anyone who's a fan of like modern r&b and it has like nostalgic stuff too, like you mentioned with the cover and some of the musical aspects. But it feels so, I don't know if like professional is the right word, but it feels like you would hear this and be like, oh, this is like an established young R&B artist already. And she kind of is because she's been around for a while, but you wouldn't necessarily think it was their first project because I think it's just super consistent front to back very polished and well thought out and probably my favorites are like hot minute interlude and so so sick but no skips for me i'd have to go with like a solid pro for sure and last but not least for r&b we're gonna go with mac iris magic eight ball you sent this to me literally last night before we recorded like oh i forgot to mention and i was like uh might not have time to get like real sense of it to give a grade but then i played it and just off the first track alone i was like oh this is gonna be good i know it and just track after track did not disappoint super smooth no complaints at all i mean i've only listened to it a couple times so far since you just sent it but i could already say it's like a solid pro maybe even it goes up to heavy with more listens but i'm definitely glad you put me onto this yeah that's completely my bad so for these episodes usually you like create a playlist and kind of like add this or add that and 
you had told me like oh anything else to add like let me know and i remember like looking through and i'm like bro like i don't care for much of the music right now so i didn't even like tell you anything the other day a song came up and i'm like when did this come out because it feels to me like i've been listening to it for months like long months and i have like but then i was like oh shit it's 2021 <laughs> like i really thought it was like a last year album with that said this album is easily like at the end of the year when we do like that apple slash spotify i would not be surprised if the eight tracks that are part of this small album are all literally one through eight on like my most played top 100 songs because when it first came out it was like full listen through driving to work coming home from work getting my hair cut like at the gym like it doesn't matter i was playing this shit and glad to say that i'm still not tired of it max voice is fucking incredible and then along with that like the instrumentals and like you said even the to start off with sunny and 62 it's like a slow r&b like lo-fi beat even the like voicemail thing at the beginning the feel of it and everything that's being said and how it's said like you could just tell from that alone honestly before i even heard his voice i was like this is tasteful like this is gonna be good voicemails can often be like so bad but it worked now this shit worked it's like oh you're just probably playing 2k (laughs) sipping on don julio it's like the it's like funny but like works felt natural probably my biggest pro of this episode i think we've already heard yours but yeah it's a heavy pro to finish it off with the last bucket we got indie rock slash alternative this is somewhat broad but that's the basic idea of it let's start off with another uk artist we've had like a handful this episode but this time we got arlo parks with the album collapsed in sunbeams i hate that i used this reference earlier but arlo parks is the loyal corner of alternative uk alternative indie for me it's just like her voice fucking soothing it's like a different mood but the voice alone i was like i you got me like i gravitate towards this sound like i could listen to this all day it's like great bedroom music which is also another way we like to reference some of the sounds we talk about here uh like the cover like everything like the feel for sure now a arlo parks fan solid pro i think the loyal comparison is interesting i didn't think about it like that but it makes sense how you say it and i feel like they both also have a lot of soul and emotion in their songs and just the kind of spirit they have for lack of a better word but how they carry themselves kind of how they talk about things it's very introspective and kind of letting you in to how they're feeling and i'd never heard of her before i saw some other artists posting about the project and i listened to it and really liked it right away and pretty quickly it felt lived in for me if that makes sense like it felt like something that could have been around for a while that I've already been listening to and it has some nostalgic feel to it too and you were talking about how I had mentioned like my biggest pro for the episode so far but this is like probably my number one for album of the year at the moment wow so I'd have to go with the heavy pro next we have Claude with super monster yeah so 
brief connection where Claro actually had a couple background vocals on Arlo Park's album. And that's how I knew about Claude because of being best friends with Claire, pretty much. And Claude is also signed to Phoebe Bridger's label now, too, that she just started, Satisfactory. And I had listened to maybe a song or two here and there in the past, but this was the first project I was trying and is the debut album as well. I don't necessarily have a ton to say on specifics, but I think it's very solid throughout and almost similar to Audrey Nuna I feel like there is some borrowing of styles where I don't know if there's necessarily a specific Claude sound yet but also similar to Audrey like the songs pull off every style well that they try out so can't really complain either and again it's early in the career so I'd probably go with like a light to maybe solid pro okay okay i mean first off when i saw the album cover i was like oh shit this is something jack would like right here and i think it's mostly because it reminded me of like some early artwork of yours that i've seen before when it comes to like the color choices and stuff you've drawn before not that it's necessarily your style but that's that was like my first impression I was like, all right, let's see. Let's see what we got. And I started listening and I was like, okay, okay. And I think it was like the third track, Soft Spot, came on and I was like, all right, this this is something right here. We got something right here. But I agree with you. Not every sound was like that. However, I do think that the project is like pretty good. It works as a whole. Um, it seems fun. With that, I'd go with like a very light pro. Next up, we got Crumb with the album Ice Melt. Crumb, don't miss. Crumb is probably like my favorite indie alternative rock type of music that you also put me on to. It's just like a vibe, bro. Every time like I listen to anything, I'm just like, yo, they just kill it. Another one that like every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck, it's so good. Easy for me to pro. I'd go solid pro. Yeah, their last album, Jinx, was one of my favorites of, I think it was 2019. And I remember we talked about it in that episode where we were doing favorites of that year. And this album stayed consistent with that. And we were talking about with some of these people, you know, maybe honing in on their style more. But Crumb just has that lockdown already. Super specific. And this kind of jazzy, hard to even describe sound, but very much a night album for me and especially when you're like on the subway or when you're driving i think it works best in those situations just because it has kind of that ride along feel but yeah i mean i would definitely go with the solid pro they don't disappoint next up we have wolf alice with blue weekend so the main thing i want to hit on here is that We talked about Lana sometimes being repetitive earlier in this episode, and there are influences of Lana on this project of Wolf Alice. They made better Lana songs than she made herself. Like Delicious Things, for example, is such a Lana track, and it's just amazing. I really like that. And they have kind of a variety of sounds, sometimes more fast, sometimes more slow, sometimes more kind of rock heavy sometimes more distorted and kind of 
abstract, but I like the different experimentation they bring. I'd heard some of their stuff before, but this is probably the most of a project I've listened to them. I'd probably give it like a in-between light and solid. That's interesting because like I heard it and I didn't really make the Lana connection, but like as you mentioned it, it's like, oh, of course. But Delicious Things is a great song. I remember that one like sticking out and maybe because of that. Yeah, decent album. I wasn't expecting much from them. I don't really know them like that. Probably keep track of them now for sure. Yeah, go with like a light pro. All right, and then the last album for this episode that we'll be talking about and to finish off the indie rock category is Japanese Breakfast with the album Jubilee. First and foremost, I would like to say that like I wish the music to me was as appealing or as good as like the album cover. I think this is one of like the strongest album covers of anything that we talked about today. Music was okay. Uh, not hating on it. Like it's solid. I'd give it another shot. I also didn't give it many listens, so I feel like a little unprepared for this one. To be fair, I go neutral. She's someone who I see mentioned all the time throughout the past years in the kind of indie circles, and she's grown on me. Like at first, I wasn't totally sold, but then certain songs start to win me over over time and i also saw hatchy open for her at central park a couple years ago and her part of the show with her band was great too and in terms of this album specifically this is also coming off she just released a book called crying in h mart and she's been getting a lot of press and everything so she's kind of having a moment as far as my thoughts on the album specifically the first four tracks for me I love all of them I think they're really great and then it kind of dies down after that until the very end of the album where there's this guitar solo section to close it out which I think is really good so the middle parts in between that they're fine but kind of lose the steam of the beginning and slide tackle is probably my favorite out of those first group of songs but overall i'd probably give it like a light pro and then just final shout outs to close things out of some other quick mentions that we're not going to talk about for discussion but liz fair 90s indie rock legend put out a new album after like a decade and it honestly might be her best in my opinion maddie J, up-and-coming artist she dropped a new ep I think she has a cool, unique sound. Should be interesting to hear her album eventually, or maybe she drops another EP next. The Blossom, who is signed to Kevin Abstract and Romeo's new label, Video Store. I think she has an interesting sound to her. And then this brother-sister duo, Between Friends, they were like dropping mini tapes throughout the year, and they actually just dropped like a bigger project that has those and some other new stuff mixed in with it. But it was kind of close to when we were going to be recording. So I didn't want to like throw it in there too last minute. But maybe we'll talk about that the next episode because I really like their stuff as well. And there have been some other smaller releases like Beach Bunny, Cosmo Pike, etc., also, shout out to our boy, mutual friend of the pod, Joel, aka Softlass, and his album. But that gives 
pretty good sense for the year overall. And like we said, Tyler's about to drop. Some other new stuff is about to drop. So more music is coming. Yes, sir. And that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. Hey, tune in. Listen to Olivia. Best Lyrics 2021. RPDMX. Rough Rider. Peace.